welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. And hey, you may be watching us on the new YouTube channel. Um, we're recording these podcasts now um, with the video. So we want to thank you for whether you're listening on there or you're on the YouTube channel or you're watching. If you like the visual, uh, which I don't know why you'd want to stare at me on camera, but okay. Um, or you may be listening to the podcast and we're glad you're here. Hey, uh, we're going to have some fun with this episode uh, we've got some great interviews coming up. I've got some interviews, uh, that we're recording here in the, uh, this week of November, and I'm looking forward to some conversations coming up, but I've got one more, uh, episode that I wanted to share with you. And this one we're calling things I wished I knew, or in other words, dear younger me, you know, some of us that are seasoned leaders, uh, we look back at some of our seasons and go, wow, I wish somebody had told me this. You know, have you ever done that? I would love if you're in the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group, I would love to know a piece of advice that someone you wish someone had told you when you first started in ministry. But this podcast is for those that if, whether you're just starting out in ministry or whether you've been a ministry veteran uh, for a while now, um, I hope this episode will really encourage you. But I've got some things that I think will help you uh, further and grow your ministry influence, uh, in the coming years. So, uh, let's dive in on this. Uh, but before we do, uh, I just want to remind you that if you're looking to grow as a leader in the next year, everybody grows with a coach. I don't know any great leader out there that's having kingdom impact that has done it all on their own without a coach. Um, I know I would not be where I am today, uh, leading the Kid Ministry Collective, doing Restoring Leaders without my own coaches. Um, I, it was one of the best investments I have ever made in my leadership was to hire a coach and have him walk with me, provide me a place to be heard and seen and known, but also to challenge and and to push me to say things that uh, that other people wouldn't have said to me. To, to see in my blind spots and help me see those blind spots and to work on them, to take those weaknesses and make them stronger. So if you're interested in looking at coaching, some of you may think, oh, I can't afford a coach or I'm not sure it sounds scary to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. I encourage you to take a 30-minute clarity call. There's zero pressure. It's just to hear about where you want to go and for, for me to tell you about what I do as a coach, I am a different coach. It's more co coaching and mentoring. I don't make you buy some course and then walk you through the course and make you watch a bunch of videos. It's live Zoom or by phone. And we talk, we listen. I want to know you as a, a person, get to know your family, get to know your community. Uh, and, and then we build the coaching program around you. We help you. I'll look for those blind spots and help you figure out where you need to go and grow. So check it out, kmccoach.net. 
if you're interested in growing as a leader. And again, if I'm not the right fit for you, trust me, I will recommend. I have a couple of friends that are in ministry that have great experience and great wisdom, and I know that they could coach you too. So check them out. Uh, kmccoach.net. Now let's talk about this dear younger me, things I wish someone had told me before. Well, one of the first things that I would say to you is, hey, you're going to learn by experience, but it doesn't have to be your own experience that you learn from. I wished early on, I had started to learn to ask more questions of leaders, to not be afraid to approach them, I would go to conferences and look at them like they were rock stars. You know, we got to stop doing this. People are humans. And I don't care whether somebody's on the main stage or doing a breakout. They're not a celebrity. Just because their name's out there on social media doesn't mean they've got all their act together. Quite honestly, I've met some people that they seem to get a lot of popularity and they get a lot of notice. Um, but when you get to know them, uh, you know what? Uh, they're just a normal person. And uh, honestly, I've had people come up, oh man, it's so nice and act like I'm some, I'm, I'm not a rock star people. I'm just a normal guy. Uh, I make mistakes. I've screwed up. I have failed so many times. Good grief have I failed. Um, I, I have had great ministry things. I've had some not so good. Um, and honestly, I would love to be able to talk to you. So if you ever see me at a conference, never be afraid to come over and say hi to me. I would love to meet you. And hey, have some questions ready. You know what? One of my things that my coach taught me early on was always come prepared with questions. Always have some. So I have five questions that are in a Dropbox folder uh, or I'm, excuse me, Evernote. Uh, they're in my note folder on my, on my notes app on my, on my phone. I'm always ready to ask questions. And I have gotten braver over the years to go up to any leader and start asking them questions. I'll ask older leaders and younger leaders uh, because I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to understand. And I don't just ask how questions. I ask a lot of why questions. I want to know why this worked for them. I want to know why they do what they do. I want to know why they think like they think. I want to know why they believe certain things happened the way they happened for them. Um, it's important for us to, to ask those kind of questions. So learn by experience, but it doesn't have to be your own. Trust me, I've failed enough. Uh, I could write a bunch of books on failure. Um, one of the things I've have learned in, in that experience and that I'll share with you is that you need to fail forward. And you've heard me talk about this before, I believe on the podcast, but you need to be able to fail forward. You need to say, okay, why did it fail? And what did we learn from it? And, and learn that we can we can grow from those failures. They don't brand you forever. Uh, you may feel that way. The enemy may try to keep you down and make you feel like you'll never succeed again and that your senior leader is going to, to kick you out because you failed. But listen, I don't know a senior leader that's worth their salt that would ask a leader to say, okay, what'd you learn from it? And if you can show me that you've learned from your failure, man, I'm going to keep you around because you've got wisdom. And you're someone who is going to understand and grow. All right. Tip number two. Uh, if, if I were to say, dear younger me, what would, what would I wish somebody had told me? I wish somebody had told me that, you know what? Friendly fire happens. Uh, I've said it before. I'm working on another book called When Sheep Bite and Shepherds Throw Stones. Because um, sheep bite. 
and other shepherds do throw stones at us. And sometimes that friendly fire hurts worse than anything else. But listen, being a leader, you're out in front. And sheep bite. <laughs> uh, it hurts, especially if they're close friends, especially if you have been over backwards to serve them. If you've gone after them and pursued them and, and loved them and cared for them and, and done things for them. And then all of a sudden they turn around and they they do terrible things. They say terrible things. Yeah, it happens. It happens. I went out. I was I was the first hire for a senior pastor. And I remember him very early on all of a sudden telling me, I don't think you fit here. And maybe you should just move back to where you came from. It was devastating. I had a volunteer who came to me and in no uncertain terms made it very clear how much they hated the cur the curriculum that I had just changed to and how they were going to go over my head and they were going to go to my senior leader and tell them that, that I made a stupid decision and that I should be let go because of it. That hurt. Criticisms are painful. But you know what? Ignoring the truth that you can learn from it and the wisdom that you can gain from those kind of things hurts worse. Listen, I, I don't like getting bit. And I don't like having stones thrown at me. I like having people like me. <laughs> it's the way I'm wired. But I'm not going to go finding, searching for new ministries. I'm not going to turn in my resignation on the first bite or the first stone that conks me upside the head. Because that's what the enemy wants. No, instead, I'm going to gain that experience and that wisdom, and I'm going to dig in and I'm going to become a better leader for it. I'm going to serve God more. Now, one caution, don't become a, a, a man pleaser just so that you can keep going. Become a God pleaser, not a man pleaser. When you start focusing on what God has called you to do, and you know that you are in the place that he wants you to be, you keep going no matter what. Jesus himself endured the bites of his own sheep. He got his own, his own village rejected him. His family and friends turned their back on him. But he kept going because he knew his calling. He knew his mission. Which leads me to the next thing. That not everything in ministry is fun and pixie dust and unicorns. Ministry is hard work, and it takes a lot of hard work to grow a ministry, especially today, because ministry is so, so different. It's so different. Uh, we live in a new now, not a new normal, especially post-pandemic. Things have changed dramatically. You all know it. You feel it. Some of you are being so discouraged by it. We've got to get away from the victim mentality. The woe is me. The woe is me. The woe is me. And we need to get back to expecting what God can do. I think God is giving us an advantage point of saying, okay, I've given you some new starting blocks to run this new season of race. And the, the, the new blocks are this. We've never done it this way before. We've never had this before. We've never faced this before. Those are the new blocks that we start this race from. What an exciting time if you took it in that perspective and said, okay, God, I don't know what you're up to, 
but I'm going to start here and I'm going to believe that you've got something amazing ahead of me. What if all of a sudden God doubled the size of your volunteer team? Would you be ready for it? Would you know exactly where to serve and how to onboard them and how to train and equip them to be the very best ministers of the gospel? To be the best shepherds of those little lambs? Are you ready for it? Could you handle it? If not, maybe that's why God's giving you this pause. Because he wants you to get it ready. What if God doubled the ministry? Would you be ready to handle all of the children and the families that came through your doors? Do you have that strategy and are you ready for it? I tell you, that was one of the challenges I got from my coach. And boy, did it stretch me. Um, I asked that of all my coaching students. Are you ready? Could you handle it? Because listen, it's not all going to be fun in Pixie Dust. It's not all on the front stage. There's a lot of work that goes behind the curtains. You'll never see the harvest if you don't know how to fertilize and pull weeds, till the soil. You can know when to plant and when to, har when to harvest. <laughs> you, you'll never see the harvest if you don't know how to do the basics. If you're struggling with some of those things, get a coach. Get somebody to work with you. Find a veteran leader that you can ask questions of. Get a network. Find a tribe. It's part of what the Kid Ministry Collective is all about. It's helping you grind through those things, knowing that you're going to have to grind at times, but knowing that you've got to stop and rest too, which leads me to my next point. You have to create boundaries and priorities and values for yourself, for your team, so for your family, do you know what you truly value as a, as a follower of Jesus first, as a family member second, as a ministry leader third? And those values should turn into the priorities and your calendar and your schedules should manifest those things. It should be able to, you should be able to see those priorities lived out in the calendar and the programs that you lead? Are you helping your team establish those priorities and values? And are you guarding them? Meaning, are you setting up boundaries? If you don't model it, they'll never have it. So guard it. Protect it. If you're going to take a day off, guard it. Don't work on it. Don't cheat it. Don't cheat yourself. Don't cheat your family. I understand there's seasons where we have to grind and sometimes we, we have to push. But on the other side of that, we should rest. Rest our hearts, rest our, our bodies, rest our souls. If you don't take care of it, you'll lose it. You'll burn it up. You'll waste it. We're seeing that happen to a lot of leaders nowadays. Because they haven't learned how to do all those things. If you need help, find some help. Okay, a couple more things here and then we're going to wrap up this podcast. Because I'm sure you're tired of me talking and I don't mean to be so preachy today. But this is what I really just all of a sudden felt like I really need to do a podcast about this. So this is why it's happening. But you know, my friends, if you want respect as a leader, you have to earn it. 
I think sometimes the reason why children's ministry isn't as highly valued is because we have not brought value to the team. We sit back and wait for someone to notice us, to call on us. You know what? The only way you're going to get a seat at the big table is to show that you're a big table leader. And I know that sounds harsh and hard, but it's the truth. If you're not adding value to other areas of the church, why do you expect that things are going to be thrown your way? It just doesn't happen. It's not the reality of it all. So you're going to have to have a strategy. You're going to have to have an end in mind of how you're going to bring value to your leader. How do you best serve them? How do you communicate to them? How do you share stories with them? Give them giving them the wins and, and the, the blessings and the stories of what's going on in the children's ministry helps them share it with the rest of the congregation. I used to send my pastor every week a little bullet points uh, email of here's what I'm here's what God is doing in our ministry. Here's a here's a story of some life change with a volunteer or or with a child. Here's some prayer requests, Pastor, that I'd love for you to pray on. Here's some things I'm working on long range. And I would just send him a short little email with those couple of points. And it was amazing what that did for our relationship. It showed him I was focused and what I was working on. He didn't have to wonder about what I was working on. I so appreciated uh, a leader who messaged me uh, after listening to a podcast talking about uh, this idea of not giving our leaders a history lesson. I don't want my leaders to find out that there's a problem after the, it's been a big problem. So there's times where we need to plug in our leader, not and, and don't be afraid. Well, they need to know because trust me, they'll be very upset if they find out after the fact when things have really blown up. <laughs> but I also want my pastor to know the great things that God is doing and the good things that are happening, not just the problems. And if I bring a problem, I also bring some solutions so that he knows I'm thinking or she knows I'm thinking uh, about the, the solution to this. I'm coming up with things. I'm working on it. If I want respect, I've got to earn it. But I also have to give it too. I have to realize it's not an us versus them mentality. I've got to battle against that division in my own heart. My pastor wants the best. My direct part wants the best for me. And I've got to assume that first. Not be so discouraged that that they're they, they're devaluing children's ministry. Sometimes we're devaluing it because we're not being a part of the team that we need to be. We need to step up to our position and lead in a greater way. But it's not just about positional leadership. In fact, my coach and friend Jim Weidman says, positional leadership is the lowest form of leadership. And you must give people a reason to esteem you. Let me say it one more time. Positional leadership is the lowest form of leadership. You must give people a reason to esteem you. You know what? If I want value, I've got to give them a reason to value me. I want my pastor, my leader to know that I'm valuable to the team, that I'm building teams around me, that I'm not a one-man band, that I'm not just all about being on the stage. I'm taking care of business behind the curtain, that I'm willing to grind it out, but I'm also willing to hold my boundaries. 
You know, when leaders see that you're leading at a high capacity and you treat it that way, you hold children's ministry as a high honor to serve it, then demonstrate that. Show that. Don't just jump and lead like what I call lead by conferences or lead by courses. Listen, we we tend to go to conferences to get the hot new idea and then we jump in and implement it without even thinking about, will it really fit our strategy? Does it really meet our end goals? You know, there's a lot of all this done for you stuff out there and I appreciate it. I've used some of it. But be very careful because what's done for you isn't always meant for you. You know? What's done for you is not always meant for you. Sometimes we're meant to do it for ourselves. And sometimes being a high capacity means we have to filter out the noise and filter out the shiny and the new and pull in what really is designed for us to do. So be careful because you can, you can lose a lot of respect with your team and with your leaders if you just jump from thing to thing to thing to thing. And you know what? Constantly changing for change gets old fast, especially to volunteers. I'll never forget a volunteer who had been in the church for a long time and had gone, watched two or three pastors come and go only to have the next pastor come in and want to put in a new shiny mission and vision statement and come up with a, a cute cliche and pithy statement. And the leader was like, look, why are we keep changing these things? The mission hasn't changed since Jesus told us to go out and, and make do disciples, has it? So why do you pastors constantly keep changing things? Be careful. That deplenishes our leadership. It depletes it. We lose trust. We lose respect with those we desire to lead and to do harvesting with because we go and we lead by conference coaches or books. Be careful. If you don't know where you're going, you'll never know how to get there. So those are a few things I wish somebody had told me when I was starting out. What would you add to that list? What are some things that you do? Share with me in the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group. I'd love to know what somebody, what you wish somebody had told you when you were starting out. Or if you're a new leader, what's something you wished somebody would tell you how to do or why to do it? Listen, my friends, again, if you need help, please reach out. You can email me at tom at restoringleaders.org. Uh, if you are looking for uh, soul care, encouragement, you need a place to vent, uh, you need some safety, you need some help, you need to talk about go coming on a retreat, we're going to soon have a self-paced retreat that you can do on your own, your uh, own home kit uh, that you can do your own Restoring Leaders Retreat uh, is coming very soon. Uh, so be watching for it. Um, if you're not part of the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group, come on over and join our Facebook group. Join the Restoring Leaders Facebook group. There are lots of resources out there for you to help you 
to learn from others' experiences and not just your own. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Kid Ministry Collective podcast. Um, or if you're watching it on our YouTube channel, thanks for watching. <laughs> you're a glutton for punishment for sure. Um, having to just stare at my ugly mug for, for, for this time. But thank you for listening and thank you for watching. Thanks for sharing and join me for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.